This week on an all-new Tavern Cast, it's the ultimate sh- showdown. Crombie versus Kern versus Eloy versus Asros in a 4x4 death match. Come witness the PvP madness as the Tavern Casters take it out on themselves. Refereeing the broadcast would be Beerbot. Welcome to the Thunder Brew Distillery here in Carinus Dunmora. Dust off your favorite drinking mug, order up a pint of Rhapsody Malt and settle in. It's time for another round of Taverncast with your hosts, Hazros, Cromley, Aloysius and Kern Kater. We'll bring you tools, tips, tales and tricks from the great world of Warcraft. Welcome, everybody, to Taverncast 21. I am Azros. I'm Eloysius. I'm Cromley. This is Karen Kater. This week, our drink of choice is something that we got from one of our recipe people. It's called Sap Beast Punch. And you guys know how much I love the Sap Beasts. You guys are all going to call me a noob about this. I don't know what a Sap Beast is. Where are the Sap Beasts? I mean, I know all the slimes. Yeah, there's an area in Stone Talon that's actually, it's got an alliance flight path in it. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. It's in Stone Talon Mountain and it's it's really green. It looks like the Night Elf area. And there are these is the the oozing slimes that are other places, but they call them sap beasts. And you have to get sap beast sap or something for one of these long quests. God, anyway, I've been up there too, and I don't remember any of the oh, any yeah, slimes. They drop up there. decomposed boots and broken arrows. Extinguished torches. Like Extinguished torches. Yes. So yeah, so basically, slimes do the same thing as every other slime in the world. The, didn't but this is a sap beast. But this this is not a slime. Beast. Hence the name, Sap oh, Beast right. Punch. Apologies, Didn't apologies. they update the loop anyway, supposedly for slimes and well Yeah, and, and now it just gives it. you more crap. And gelatinous ooze. I was just say, I hadn't noticed any Gelatinous any goo. Either. Anyway, so Sap Beast Punch is actually really quite good. It has in it um, some gelatinous spiced goo. rum. Gelatinous oh. goo. Spiced rum, lime jello. There's some pineapple juice, some orange juice, some schnapps. There's snot? Schnapps. Schnapps. Snot so, yeah, actually would work well with the with the gelatinous goo that the slime the sap beast dropped. It actually looks like the same color as the green. Yeah, it's kind of so bright green. A little weirded out by it, frankly. It's really pretty. I will put the recipe up on the forums. It's really pretty. Listen, to it is pretty. It's a There's nice, no pretty de- green no color. Burnout torches yet. Nothing yeah. like a homicidal, mania- or maniacal sap yeah. beast coming to kill you and steal your extinguished torch and Kerkatera is like it's so yet. pretty <laughs> it's pretty it's kind of a nice little green color and what's the sap beast backstory I would um, like to read you the lore <laughs> the lore of Warcraft once upon a time in a proud land of Lordaeron the sap beast ruled all well the sap beast that we killed actually was really quite a quite a megalomaniacal sap beast and he was <laughs> Bent on bent Holy on dictatorship one. over the over the entire, <laughs> over the entire of Stone Sat Talon Mountain. The Sat Beast. I won't I won't believe it though. If it's the not Sat read, Beast like, the Monarchy. And then the Sat the Sat Beast Monarchy then fell. Well, cheers everybody. Cheers. cheers. You know the cups of ringing don't have the same. We got to get back to our roots because the beer beer mug clanging beer. noise is sound. far superior to the. Whatever this is. Far exceeds our mug smacking. You know we're going to break. Mug smacking. Yeah, you know what's going to happen. <laughs> mug smacking? That's mug what it smacking. is. 
All right, so visit us online at www.taverncast.com. You can it's also go up to our forums, uh, register for a forum account, and go post there. They are some of the best forums in the land. Ever. Also, review us on iTunes. We are listed there, and they've got a great uh, feature where listeners can review casts, very similar to how people review books on Amazon. It's very cool. Go check us out. And you can find us under the PC Gamer Podcast listing. Yep. We are now a part of the PC Gamer Podcast Network. We'd also like to ask you to please donate to the show Let us or help us keep doing the show every week. You can do that by going to the website at www.taverncast.com and clicking on the Support Taverncast button in the lower left-hand corner or by going to the uh, store at taverncaststore.com and uh, buying some of our, our merchandise. We'll get you know, <laughs> it's wicked sweet swag. Donating cool is like stuff. a pay-it-forward thing. I was thinking about this today. Like it's karma. Let's say you donate a whole bunch. Then we could just do Taverncast as our full-time jobs. And then you could get, like, weekly tavern casts? You got a good point. Actually, you know, it's funny that you bring that up, and this is semi-related to this, and I might <laughs> as well just say it, because why not? We have a short show today anyways. They were talking about public radio today on a local radio station. Boy. In a very real sense, I got to thinking about it, and what donations are for us is very much the same so as, exactly like, a public radio station. Because We should do a pledge drive. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. My listeners we'll get Jerry, Lee, Jerry Lewis to come on and nice lady. have a telethon. Yeah, so I mean when you see like um, public stations in like rural Kansas or something, right? And they aren't as good because they don't have as many donations. But the more donations, like say a public radio station in, in New York or something. Programming. Then and they can do great programs yeah. and they can do it all the time. And yeah, so it really is well, the, the, same, you look at, the mean, same model. This is probably a good time to bring this up. How many hours do you think you spent on show number 21? Show number 20. You mean? Or 20, I mean. 21's right now. Uh, two Not minutes. counting recording. Two days? Uh, three days. Three days? Probably. I probably Meaning probably. Seven, 72 hours, not yeah, actual days total. of sleeping. And, yeah, I, 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 bet, I bet in all reality there was about 20 hours of post-production on that. that sounds about right. Because I probably spent about probably 10 hours on the, the pre-edit. So that's, that's what it boils down to. <laughs> so these are the list of people who have donated to the podcast in since the last show. So we have... Judd Lucky, Greg Stevens, Maroxus, Ryan Johnson, Jeremy Holmes, Vic Turta, Stephen M. Gonzalez, Jason Myers, Deborah Borba, Hacklefleisch, Melissa Murters, Zero Cool, Greg Price, Aldous, and Linda Curtis. So thanks to all those people for helping us do the podcast. Yay, thank you. My micro mechanism thanks you. My computer tapes thank you. And I thank, thank you. you. Yeah, I, have to, I have to say something. Um, did I pronounce something wrong? <laughs> no, I, no, I didn't think. Vic Turta? That's probably that gentleman's name. But don't you guys think that Vic Turta sounds like a Star Wars character? It does. That's probably that guy's name. That's, that's what like I'm saying, though. Singer. That's awesome. I just like the fact you said that's probably his name. Of course that's his name. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I mean, that's like the cool... I, I thought it sounded like a like a mobster's name or something. Yeah, that's what I thought. Lounge well, it could be a like mobster. Italian it sounds more like a bounty hunter in Star Wars. Your mom's a bounty hunter in Star Wars. You can I see am Darth Vic Vader. Turta. He's like, no disintegrations. And then Vic Turta is there. He's like, I will kill a Skywalker. <laughs> I am Vic Turta, bounty hunter from... Give me a planet. Quick, quick, Brian. Bis. Carillion. From Bisk. <laughs> from what planet? Bisk. Bis. Yeah, it's an Where? Or. B-I-S? What? What? Bis. Bis. There's a planet named Bis? You asked. George Lucas. You asked. You asked. You did ask.
Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. Hey, Azros, what did you do this week? I got my Warlock 240. Wow. Man, you've eclipsed me again. That's not right. You're catching up. With an alt. You need to stop. Got my Felsteed. What an easy quest that is. Continuing to take new 55 pluses through the 5 and 10 and 15 man raids. Can Mm -hmm. you do strat home with your eyes closed now? Pretty much, yeah. Although I've started to do live strat a lot more, which is kind of neat. I think I've only been there once. Yeah. I'm sure I'll be through a few more times here. And probably the biggest thing that I did was organized a raffle for the guild to make money for our bank character that helps out all the new lower level folk um, and it gives out uh, loans for mounts and stuff when they hit 40. You got one ticket per green that you sent in and three, four tickets per blue, I think, with a maximum of 10 tickets. Or you could buy tickets for, I forget what I had it at. Anyways, it was just, it was a fundraiser for the guild. And I think we made around 500 gold off of it. How many tickets did you give out for that? 460 some. Wow. If if you're going to ever do that, like, but just realize what a time sink it's going to be. Like, cataloging, okay, I sent these amount of tickets to so-and-so. I dropped Dragon Scale Leatherworking because we have a new Dragon Scale Leatherworker in the guild. You didn't like it much either, though, anyways, did you? Well, I mean, it, it's hard to get the materials. The, it's it's worth it. I u- didn't use it to make money because it's so hard to get the scale. Yeah. So all I did was make things for guildies who needed, like, sh- shamans who wanted the blue dragon scale and um, some hunters that wanted the black dragon scale pieces. But I dropped that, and I went 0 to 265 engineering in a day. Wow. wow. That's unreal. Nice. How much time did that take? Uh, I don't know. I did it off and on through the day. I kept skinning just to make money, but um, I basically want to get to 265 engineering so that I could have the Goblin Jumper Cables XL, yeah. the ones that have the much higher rate of uh, res. The other ones are pretty crappy. <laughs> yeah. I think I think the first ones, well, this is what I heard. This is not, I'm not saying that this is correct. It's just what I've heard. But that the first set of Goblin Jumper Cables has a 30% chance to res, I think. That's yeah, not that's right. what I'd heard. Too. I heard it was 45.5%. I hate you. And that's then only the, 30%? The XL Cables um, have a 70%. Wow. That's what I'd heard, too. If you're out of Soul Stones, and if your Shamans don't have any more Ox, Hunters can feign death if the party's going to wipe, and they can pop and use those to hopefully res like a healer or... Somebody who can rest. Good for rogues too, because you can vanish. So I've been working on trying to get to level fifty-one so that I can partake in the uh, all pod people all track valley excursion this this coming weekend. But I don't think I'm going to make it. I'm up to forty-seven, and uh, we're recording tonight, and I got something tomorrow night. So that leaves me Friday to get like three levels. So not real likely. <laughs> if you were elite, you could. If, I if didn't you have were work if you were, to do, were, I could. <laughs> Yeah, if you disregarded your real life. Crumbly, you gotta want it. Apparently I don't want it. You gotta want it, dude. You gotta love it. So, I'd like to do Come it. On, I really like it. is more important than anything. Than anything. Don't you know that? Apparently not. Well, this week I am almost 39. Almost 39. I've been, like, almost 39. Didn't, like, two weeks ago you said you were going to try to get 40? Yeah, you know. In a weekend? Mm, not so much. Again, it was that whole real life stepping in thing. Real life just... You know, it, it really sucks. interferes with, with gameplay. I find that most of my time online, I spend so much time doing guild stuff and making post making potions for our guild bank and 
answering people's questions and running other people through stuff that I get maybe a bar and a half XP after being online for five hours. So for, for those of you that may think that are not in the pod people, that may be like, well, what are you doing all this stuff with the guild? Our guild just hit 380 members. Really? So, wow. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're and as, as GM, I can totally... I can totally sympathize with what Kern Kater is saying yeah, because it's like I spend, a full-time job. It it really is. I spend a lot of time that I shouldn't at work dealing with stuff on the forums or in email with with guild matters. It's and see, I'm glad that I do it. I'm happy to do it. I don't mind doing it. I just don't get much playtime in, and I actually have to find myself. I feel guilty when I I I stop. I take a day and I say, you know what? I'm not going to get on the one of the guild bank characters today. I'm just going to play. I feel really guilty by the end of the day. I'm actually spending a lot of time in Desolus recently, finishing up. I've got a lot of quests over there, and I find that I can mine a lot of grave moss and stuff over by the Kodo Graveyard, which is a hard thing to get on the Horde side and stuff. So I'm actually having a lot of fun down there. It's really kind of an, an ugly area, I think, but, you know, if it can help me get a couple levels, I'm happy with it. Do you know what I heard you say? What? And I had to think on for a second before I realized you said mine as in mine coal or something. Okay. Mime. I mime? thought you said, it's really hard to mime in the Kodo graveyard. And I'm thinking to myself, a, <laughs> picture, else. a picture pops into my head. Kern Kater's undead girl miming to the Kodos. Pressing against the invisible wall. <laughs> These are the things that... Lifting her head over the invisible ledge. Yeah, hey, let's do audio mime. Ready? Go, Kern Kater. Mm, okay. Oh, that's awesome. No, you guys don't interrupt her. She's work. She's miming. She's, you know, this is an art. <laughs> See how All right, now we're going to get angry emails from mimes. <laughs> the mimes are going to descend from high above. The At least we know coalition. they won't be leaving voicemail. <laughs> what was it that what you said on the, on the forums, Azra? a combination of clowns and mimes. They're climbs. Yeah, it's Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> Maybe that's yeah. why I don't like it, then. Cirque du Soleil is awesome. It both frightens and annoys me at the same if time. If by awesome you mean life-threatening. <laughs> I have a shirt that I wear on a regular basis that says, Can't sleep, clowns will eat me. <laughs> That's awesome. Nope, because I wear the shirt. <laughs> it and protects you. you don't sleep. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So, you know, Kirk and Terry, I was thinking when you were talking about your your inability to play or whatever that <laughs> learn to, learn to play you know what the biggest hinder, hindrance to me playing the game tavern is? cast tavern cast and the guild both things i really like that have to do with the game that both interfere with me actually playing the game isn't that bizarre i know how yeah. much time you spend not not that i'm complaining isn't it ironic don't you think a little too ironic oh no saying it's like rain <laughs> <laughs> On your wedding day. See, he's funnier than you when he sings. It's, yeah. a it's not hard. We already paid. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good advice <laughs> that you just didn't take. See, I could be a Canadian ugly chick. <laughs> hey, we all have our goals. Wow. It's bigger. And we all have something to aspire to. So, Eli, what did you do this week besides work on the show? I didn't do Nothing. anything this week besides work on the show. I didn't see him in the game the entire week. I did. I saw him on the weekend, and I said, hey, bitch, get back to editing. There was like a, it was like a post-production comedy of errors doing Show 20. Here, I'll let you guys in on a little secret. Here's some, here's some of the reason why Show 20 just took for freaking ever. And I'd come on the boards, and I'd say something like, yeah, it'll be out in 48 hours. And I was off by at least... 72 hours. <laughs> <laughs> Eloy is always So you were more or less significantly off. 
I, you know, and here's the deal. No, right? he so was significantly off. The Halloween show was easier to deal with, and and I don't know why, but there's just so me. many things, and I made so many mistakes because I, I'd be, you know, it'd be like four in the morning, and I'm trying to edit all these segments of different people doing stuff together, and I, I get this whole thing edited, and then I lose it somehow. Just so everybody is clear, because there's been some question on this. Yes, the promo for TC20 was a joke. <laughs> Just in case you were curious. This is almost everything we do. Well, no, because I've, I've got this. I can't uh, hold myself back. Oh, really? Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm surprised more people didn't pick up pick it up when they heard it, but I don't think hardly anybody did. And if they did, they didn't post anything. Well, I'm still going to give the winner of the contest my signed autograph picture in a bikini. Oh, you are? Mm-hmm. Oh, i got to get in that Okay, contest. all right, great. Because I, I mean, I'm getting all this mail like, well, how come you didn't do the... Where was beer bod and blah, blah, blah. Are you really getting Why, mail? Yeah, I got one mail that was like, before the show came out, one of the PMs I got was from a concerned listener saying, I hope that the thing with Mike Morhaime, the Blizzard boss, was fake. Mm. I'm like, are you, are you kidding? Of course it's fake. <laughs> the best one was when Starman... Starman today was talking to me as he was listening to the show on IM, and he goes, oh man, I just want to hear the part where Kernkater totally breaks down and tells you guys all to F yourself. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you and me both, buddy. Well, I tell them to all go f*** themselves on a regular basis anyway, so yeah. it's like, you know, it's anything We have know. to edit it all out. It's like oh, every other word. Ugh. Every other phrase. She really swears like a sailor. It's kind of embarrassing, actually. <laughs> It's time for the news. Terror, horror, death, film at eleven. The news. 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 Oh! I think when Azra goes news, 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 he sounds like a muppet. I'm an orc. It's the orc. Oh, news. News, news. Welcome to news. News, news. In a departure from the norm, Azros will take the news today. Go, Azros, go! Go, Azros, go! The the big news that came out, well, one of the big pieces of news is that WoW has officially hit 6 million players. That is just unreal. What was it when Taverncast started? 3? 2? 1? It was around 3, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and it's now doubled, so... It's all because of us, too. 6 million players worldwide, active subscriptions, not total number, these are active subscriptions... Right now, so paying not even members. So individual accounts. <laughs> right. Yeah. Active wow. Accounts. Isn't that yeah. unreal? And so that's, that's crazy from a game that lets you create month. as many characters, I mean up to ten, on, right. you know, that you want, whereas, you know, other games such as Star Wars Galaxies, if you wanted to create another, well, I changed this now, but it used to be where you, if you wanted to create another character, you had to buy another account. And so a because lot of the time. That way they can screw you a little more. Right, exactly. So, congratulations to Blizzard and yeah, no everything that they've done with that. So, wait um, a second, Cromley, you said that was going to be how much a month? If my math is right, that's $90 million a month, right? Just from the, assuming $15 a month subscription. Could be. Oh, my God. People. Oh, my God. 
Well, yeah, but uh, yeah. I could use. A I little never bit thought about that. The it overhead, the overhead to run. Oh yeah, that's like gross. It's not profit. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Wow, that's just that's just a ton of money. Still, hey, that's good. That's a metric schload. That means they'll still be around for a while. I think they might even be beating like EverQuest two now. <laughs> you think? You think? As yeah. in, that's yeah. a, oh, six thousand. You there. know what? Actually, I'm wondering <clears throat> is how Blizzard's numbers, both in well, in in subscriptions and in dollar figures, stacks up against something like, say, number of people who bought the Xbox, for example. I'm curious no how idea. it crosses over into that particular gaming market or affects it. Apples and oranges, I think. Well, yeah, a, that's a much bigger buying market. a piece of software and buying a. $500, $600 game system, I think, are two different... Well, uh, they are two different things, Azros. You're a genius. <laughs> yeah, but you know how they always... The, the the sort of conventional wisdom is is that, you know, the, like the Xbox crowd is usually the more casual, non-hardcore computer gamers. You Actually, know what I mean? Make, and yeah. that makes but no that, sense to me, because you got to plunk down so much for that hardware. And the games. Almost everybody and their mom has a PC. There are a couple articles I read online recently talking about that a lot of the guys overseas, of our soldiers overseas that are playing games, they've got Xboxes at the at the camps and stuff because I mean they don't have online access necessarily in their bunks, so everybody over there is playing Access Halo or a lot of first-person shooter stuff that you can get on on, on Xbox. I don't know what those are, but Sims probably a lot of Sims. <laughs> Wait, are you trying to uh, tell no. me that the soldiers are not playing? <clears throat> Mario versus Princess Bubbles or something? I, I somehow don't think that's that's their kids. Kingdom maybe, Hearts. Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> no. What was the dog one that was real popular? Nintendogs, dude. Oh, Nintendogs. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what they're that's actually probably doing. It. Making little puppies named Cuddles. Blizzard also gave out a little tidbit of info on one of the new dungeons that will be in or instances in the Burning Crusade called Hellfire Citadel. And they say that on the blasted world of Outland, within the heart of the Hellfire Peninsula, stands Hellfire Citadel, a nearly impenetrable basin... Wow. Wait, wait a minute. I'm confused. So Hellfire Citadel is actually on the Hellfire Peninsula? That doesn't make any sense. Right. (laughs) It's an impenetrable bastion that served as the Horde's base of operations throughout the First and Second Wars. So it's bringing in some of the older history, which sounds pretty cool. That's awesome. Getting back to the lore. Yeah, but it's it's going to be an instance that's in the Outland, and sounds like it's going to be another seventy plus instance. So you know what I'm not digging about it? I mean, Blizzard's complete lack of forethought in making a dungeon that's impenetrable. <laughs> well, he said almost impenetrable. I mean, nearly. It's nearly. nearly impenetrable. Oh, it is so. nearly. Oh, yeah. Oh, all right. If it was well, really impenetrable, they've already got those kinds of. You know, they're only right. catering to the hardcore players here with this nonsense. Nearly impenetrable. I mean, come on. No casual player is going to be I, able to get into a nearly impenetrable know, bastion my, of darkness. My level 39.65 shadow spec <laughs> night elf priest with only sub-level green armor, I think she could do it. Nearly She'll impenetrable? Yeah. Do they say anything They're else about this? More or less this? significantly <laughs> impenetrable. Do, do they say anything else about it? Or is that, do they yeah, just they, give they, a name? And... It's, they, there's a whole paragraph of stuff. Just It's about the lore. It doesn't really have any of the specific information. It, it, it wraps up by saying, perhaps the most unsettling news to come from the Outland are the accounts of thunderous savage cries issuing from somewhere deep beneath the Citadel. Many have begun to wonder if these unearthly outbursts are somehow connected to the corrupted fell orcs and their growing numbers. Unfortunately, those questions will have to remain to be answered. So they're saying that what you're fighting, in the, and it says earlier in there, are marauding bands of red, furious fell orcs. So Fell the, orcs? Yeah. Red, furious fell orcs. Are they right. burning well, across the, the land on their burning, whole unholy burning crusade? It's the orcs that didn't escape when Outland went evil-ish. 
So more or less, significantly <laughs> yeah, more or less significantly bad. Evil, <laughs> yeah, evil. So they're, they're like, the ones that are kind of angry and have a, a cross to bear. They have Those an orc the usual to bear. Cheerful orcs. Grr, we're orcs. And red, right. apparently. Evidently. But did they did they release screenshots? Because I haven't seen this yet. They have a concept art. That's it. Okay, all right. Okay. Oh, it's nothing. It's nothing really to get excited about. It's kind of cool that there's going to be one in Outland that you're going to have to travel over there, and maybe you can fly on your little flappy winged mount to get to it. But. <laughs> <laughs> if you have a wingling dragon. Cool. By the way, on the flying mounts thing, I, I have no idea if this is something that's coming or not, but I got the, uh, I downloaded from Curse Gaming that uh, WoW model viewer. Yeah. I was screwing around looking at the different models of mounts in the game, and w- one of the mounts, there's a couple mounts in there I've never seen before, but one of the mounts that they listed specifically as a known rideable mount was like one of those uh, like half-sized dragons. Like the ones that are out in front of the Caverns of Time, for example. Oh, really? Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and it's, you can put your character on that dragon and fly around. So oh. I have to wonder if that's part of the Burning Crusade. But it, it looked awesome. It looked like uh, the Lord of the Rings thing with the uh, uh, Nazgul king the or whatever Hobbits. he was. Yeah. Speaking of the expansion, there seems to be some back and forth going about the hero classes. They had come out and said before in an interview that they really wanted to put them in, and I guess... A higher up at Blizzard had said that hero classes were going to be the eventual end game, and then another blue, I don't have it in front of me, came out and pretty much said that they, it would unbalance the game. And now Rob Pardo, VP of Game Design for uh, World of Warcraft, says, I guess he's. It says here that he has the quote unquote last word in all game time related question. And somebody asked him what was com- happening with hero classes. Um, if they're coming out, and he quote-unquote winced at the question, not at the hero question, he moaned, but answered it nonetheless. They say that he's, they're desperate to do the hero classes because they gave their word, but the entire thing is not easy. Problems are manifold. Who should be allowed to get a hero? Everybody within a specific game time, all level 70 players, what should heroes be able to do? Do they get better weapons? The hero classes should not be a hidden level extension. They have to work really hard on it. So they said, nevertheless, it's planned that heroes are going to be in the expansion. Hmm. That's quoted from the vice president of game design. Not saying that he that he can't renege, but yeah, I bet you that could still change. Hmm. So well, it sounds like it's definitely a uh, a big consideration, so they don't unbalance everything and you know totally screw the game. So. You know, I, I mean, I don't want to be a downer on this or anything, but I just I, I have a fear that if it's not implemented in some neat new way, all it's going to be is like faction grind. It's going to be like endless Probably. grinding. And whoever spends the most... It's going to be like everything else in the game so far. The more... The, the person who PvPs the most gets the you know the greatest PvP rank. The person who spends the most time in the dungeons gets the best armor. The oh. person who grinds enough you know, hero class faction gets to be the hero. I hope so it's when not I re- like When that. I read this today, I was thinking, how could they do it in a cool way? Right. And I was thinking, they already have an existing path for your character set up where... Okay, let's take your paladin and my paladin, for example. Yours is what? What's your spec? Almost full retribution now. Okay, yours is full retribution spec, mine is full holy. So let's say that, you know, once you hit 60 and you max out your talent points, you go back to the paladin trainer, and he says, you know, he'll give you a specific quest for being holy or a specific quest for being retribution, and as you go, you could get more skills to um, enhance those abilities. You know, so let's say for the healer, you could be, I don't know, you could create some cool epic name for that, or, or like, Lawbringer for 
retro music or something like that where you could have a, a specific type where it extends the t- the spec that you choose. The only thing that would be hard for that, I think, would be if you respect, yeah. <laughs> and then you are kind of SOL. So you're thinking like just expanding the talent trees, right? Basically Let's... taking you above what it's essentially going to be level seventy, but taking you beyond level seventy and and make it just insanely difficult. But just, what what part of it is difficult? See, that's what I don't. That's where I'm not sure that the whether whether it's like I mean maybe it is a grind, maybe it's quest based. You know, kind of kind of like the quest that they have now for the epic armor that you can get in the Plaguelands, where you need yeah. to obtain really rare materials or things like that. Where maybe you can create rare materials to create something, you know, or find pages of a book that only drop in certain places or something like that, where you can learn. You know what I mean? It's not a grind. Because I don't feel like I'm grinding when I'm trying to get brilliant chromatic scales. You know what would be really cool, though? I mean, think of, you're, you're bringing up your paladin thing, right? And I think that's a perfect one to bring up because we both have some experience in that. But the paladin has very cool class quests. Wouldn't it be cool if, take your idea, right, the expansion of the talents, which I think makes perfect sense and would be a cool, cool good way to go, like you're the you know hero class, holy spec paladin, right? Right. Remember all the early quests with the Paladin where like you had to get your uh, Varagon's Fist and that yep. that really cool quest chain that, that had you going through all this different stuff to get the pieces and also you were like helping people. You were helping that the chick that had the, the, the right, farmhouse. Right, from house, yeah. Yeah, the Defias came in waves and all that kind of stuff. That's what it should be. You know, it could yeah. be like the, the rogue quest where you get lockpicking where you pick a lock over and over <laughs> and over and over and then sometimes you get turned into a frog. <laughs> no, I think it's a rat. Yeah, that was a great ra- quest. It's the, it's the rat Nova, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, rat yeah. Nova. Yeah, yeah no, they could do it in a cool way. I just don't want to have to do repeatable things forever and ever and ever. Well, but I think to that's the whole. A hero. I mean, well, a hero should be like that. The paladin stuff early on, which is that class quest. But that, isn't that then the whole point of making the hero so hard to get to that you would have to put in that kind of effort? I think that's what they're saying. Because if it's just a, a simple quest chain, everybody's going to be here, then it really would be unbalanced. So you'd really need... It's like somebody trying to find the Ashbringer. I mean, it's got to be something that's really a challenge. Uh, yeah. I can see yeah. their problem. In, not to beat a dead horse with Star Wars Galaxies, but <laughs> there was a piloting profession, and the only way that you could get to be an ace pilot is you had to take down um, this big this big ship, a Corellian Corvette, and you had to get a huge group of people together to do it. So, I mean, it'd be cool if they could do something like that, where if you're going to be a hero, a hero leads people. So, you know, where part of the quest would have you leading a group somewhere, maybe downing a boss. They're, they're already talking about having, you know, people getting exclusive content for taking down Baron Rivendare and Undead Strat within 45 minutes where if you do that, a special quest becomes available to you, where if you do something like that, where it's group-based huh. rather than grind-based. That, that I think, would be very cool. Yeah, and something that rewards, like, smart tactics and coming up with a new way to good, yeah, good do something, or, as opposed to just grinding something yeah, for hours on end. So, Blizzard put... Everybody and their mom has, has read about this programmable keyboard thing, and I'm not going to get into that, that whole story. Basically, a guy was using some the G15 keyboard from Logitech and had programmed macros into it. Blizzard had put up a response to that. So anybody who's read these and heard a lot of the, the misinformation that's come out from different sources about, oh, he's botting, oh, he's not botting, oh, he was just sitting there. I think oh. I've heard everything under the sun by this point. Right. Here's here's what you have to worry about. Bl- Tyron Posted, who's one of the, the, the blues, 
And he said, we want to make sure that it's clear that creating hotkeys for certain actions in the game is okay. However, if these peripherals are used to automate gameplay to the point where the player is able to conduct repeated actions in the game without paying attention, then that will constitute a violation of our gaming policies. So if you're, if you're automating things so that you could just let it go and watch TV and basically not have to maintain your character through a fight, that's what they're, that's what they're concerned with. And that's botting. That's, I mean, seriously, yeah. that's botting. Yeah, that's the definition. Yeah. That's, if anybody's worried about, you know, oh, I have a G15, and, you know, I might have a macro to switch my weapons, blah, 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 you don't have to worry about that. But if you're doing programming it to do things that you really shouldn't, then that's, you know, if you're programming it to do things that you couldn't do with the in-game macros, you it's know. Just, it's, it's common sense. If you think that what you've got it, it wouldn't be right, then just don't do it, I mean. How hard is that? Last bit of news. An update came on the boards today that Naxxramas will be in 1.11, um, and it's on track, and they're saying that everything's going swimmingly with it, and, and it looks to be really cool. It's going to be accessible through a portal next to the slaughterhouse of the Baron and Strat, and I'm guessing there's probably going to be some kind of attunement quest so you don't have to go through Undead Strat every time you want to uh, to go up there, especially since it's going to be probably a 40-man raid, and um, Undead Strat is, or Strat home period is going to be limited to 5 people on uh, 1.10. Actually, I'm kind of looking forward to that one. I am too. The more I hear about it, I, I am too. I'm just looking forward to get high, getting high enough to go do that stuff. You want to get high, <laughs> and that's the news. So what do you want, a medal? So, Arathi Mason. Okay, so this is the big week that everybody's, well, by everybody I mean Eli when he asked the first week. Was, <laughs> what do I get? <laughs> what do I get? So here's what you get. Yeah, there's <clears throat> there's a bunch of good stuff that you can get through there. Um, and it's kind of, it's banded by level. So what I'm going to do is go through the level 60 items. I'm not going to read stats because that's stupid. But if you go to the uh, worldofwarcraft.com battleground site <clears throat> and to the Arathi Basin, you can look at what items they have per level. So all of this stuff is here, but it's um, it's going to be reduced in stats um, by level. So you start out at neutral, and you don't get anything at neutral with them, with the <laughs> League of Arathor as Alliance and Defilers as Horde. Once you hit friendly, you are able to get kind of the basic stuff that you have in the other battlegrounds, which is a healing potion, a mana potion, um, a couple different types of um, food, and um, some bandages. <clears throat> the other thing that you can get is a talisman that is called the... Well, on the Horde side, it's called Defiler's Talisman. Um, and for four gold, it lets you use... Um, you can use the the talisman when you have it. It's a trinket. And it absorbs 495 to 605 physical damage. And Can you only nice. use it in Arathi? Well... Or is it useful know. in world PvP? Uh, could be... I don't know. I, on, I'm looking at it on here on the website, and it doesn't have a restriction. Is it usable... Now, how... Is it per mob, like that much damage per mob or per hit? Or It, it absorbs 495 to 605 in the last 15 seconds. Like oh, okay. Shield. Cool. That's oh, what it says. In reality, that's not, that's not, that's not, that's not that lot, much damage. That's like three, three, two or three hits. That's yeah. still handy. Yeah. Yeah. It's enough to, to use while you're running away like a scared sissy like Eli does. <laughs> <laughs> or heart shield or anything. Not anymore, son. I don't run from anybody now that Sir I play Eli ran away. I've you learned, I've learned the true way. Warlock. Crazy ran away. So, 
When you hit Honored, it is belt time. There's a belt for just about every class, and it's they're, they're all blues. There's plate, there's a leather one, there's a cloth one, there's a chain one, there's one that's lizard hide, and there's uh, another male one. Like the chain girdle at level 60 is male, and it's hunter... It's hunter and shaman only, um, plus 10 stamina, but it, when you equip it, you get a, criti- a chance to get critical strike by 1% and plus 34 attack power. You know, there's nothing that goes over bigger in Orgrimmar, you know, as an orc, that when you show up back in Orgrimmar from <laughs> your time general. at the front and, yeah, all to Looking for a relaxation. I have come back to celebrate my victory in Arathi Basin with my chain girdle! <laughs> Yeah, it's well, there's hot. cloth girdles and leather girdles cloth and girdles. plate girdles oh, and oh, lizard hide girdles. Are they black plate, leather uh, girdles? How about a belt? You know, a bustier, a defiler's chain bustier. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what you get at Honored. The, they're, they're okay. They're, it's part of a whole set that you can get. Once you hit Revered, then it's boot time. And there's different types of boots that you can get. Again, chain boots, lizard hide, mail plate leather and cloth that all have class specific bonuses so i got a question why is it the lizard hide thing with arathi basin those are from what i've seen are for rogues and druids right but um, are there like may- lizards in arathi basin or something that make it like lizard hide as opposed to like you know dragon scale when you there get a higher there's a reason for this stuff no. it could be whale hide current pair there is no lore for this. There's yeah, there's no lizards in, in Arathi Basin. What they're trying to show is the difference between the leather boots and the lizard hide boots. The leathered boots um, are plus twelve agility, plus sixteen stamina, boost your run speed, and plus sixteen attack power, which are perfect for Cromley. Huh? Rogues. Thanks. <laughs> I play a shaman now, man. Right. And the the <laughs> I, I quit. LFM new podcast. Um, and then the lizard hide boots give you different stats. So the plate ones are definitely going to be used by warriors or paladins on the, um, who are they again? Alliance. The Alliance yeah. side? Now, now yeah, on the Alliance side. As somebody who's and never the, played a Rathy Basin, where do you get this stuff from? There is a quartermaster outside the entrance that you get it from. Okay. Depending on what, um, like what your rank is? What your honor level is. Honor level is, is that's what I mean. Once you hit the lovely level of Exalted, that's when you can get not only um, the different types of shoulder armor that they have, which are all epics, by the way. They have some pretty nice stat bonus on them. But do they look cool? I don't know. I've never, I haven't got Exalted, so I have no way to tell. The ones that I've seen for the different classes I've seen look pretty nice. So, but again, they're on the horde do side. Do they have clothes hangers on them? That's that's my primary interest. <laughs> that I but there's there's a cloak that you can get that I've actually been kind of looking for as a general PvP cloak, um, which is fifty. It's epic, of course, and it's fifty armor plus five agility plus eleven stamina and plus thirty four attack power. Nice. So perfect for PvP rogues and hunters and fer- feral druids too. Is that level? That's level specific, or that that's honor point specific? That's an exalted. It's you have exalted. To have a rep, rep of exalted. There's also a, a pretty good epic staff you can get called the Ironbark Staff on the Horde side, which is plus 19 stamina, plus 10 10 intellect, and it improves your chance to get critical strike with spells by two percent, and increases the damage and healing done by magical spells and effects by up to 41. Ooh, nice. What, so what, what is that at? What what level? 60. No, no, no. What level? It's is exalted. 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 Yeah, okay. that's an exalted. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an epic stat. Does it look cool? 
I don't know. Oh. What I'm saying is it can be as Who epic cares? as it can be. You have to understand that looks, Eloy is like the guy big... that had the really pink armor, and now that you've got designer. the dressing room, he's really excited about it. Well, it's, it's 45, for 45 gold. gold. It better look damn hot. That's all I'm saying. No. It better not be chartreuse and oh, gold rod effect. or some damn thing. What? Your mom's gold rod. It's, it's even better if I can gank golden someone with a golden rod, rod and chartreuse staff. <laughs> no, no, knowing, knowing, and and don't get me wrong, Blizzard, we love you, obviously, or else we wouldn't do the show. <clears throat> but we wouldn't be playing. With knowing Blizzard, the 45 gold staff Azros is talking about would end up being like an exhaust pipe or something with a pumpkin <laughs> attached to the top. It'll just look like. Like an ass in your hand. You're holding an ass. (laughs) A styrofoam cup with a (laughs) with a pencil twig stuck in it. (laughs) A puce colored mace. Here's your epic staff. Enjoy. Awesome. People like look at that stupid thing. You're like, (laughs) yeah, but then they paint it like Dayglow orange and then they'll see it coming. Well, the deer won't. Who cares about the deer? I'm just. They're all level five. The hippies care about the deer. So, so do you have to fight hippies in Arathi Basin too, and deer? There's there's druids everywhere, my okay, friend. So there was the there was the official Alterac Alterac or where are Arathi we at? Arathi Basin three segment. No, <laughs> and I'm then, not done yet. Yeah, and then there was the then there was the derailed version that we're currently in. in that the we're going to be the alternate out. universe Arathi Basin. So on the on the Alliance side, they have the same items. There's a dagger too. That's it's okay. Um, it's called Sage Claw. Um, and they have the Iron Bark Staff, which is the same kind of staff. Um, and then they have Cloak of the Honor Guard, too, which are the same. But those those couple epic weapons that you can get are, are about it. There's nothing like the weapons and ammo and stuff that you can get from Alterac. It's, I think it's a good amount of stuff that you can get if you work your way up. And in the uh, upcoming 1.10 patch, it looks like it's going to be pretty a, a easier. lot easier. Yeah. More or less significantly easier <laughs> to get um, reputation for Arathi Wait, why are you saying so, that? Maybe I missed something, but I, I didn't hear that news. So why is it easier? Because because Blizzard said they're going to make it easier. Yeah, they they're said they're boosting reputation the... gains in Warsong and Arathi Basin. Oh, cool. okay. I guess a... I guess what I noticed was the the whole Alterac Valley change with the you know you yep. won't you won't get the the faction yeah, rise quite bad. as bad yeah. or quite as fast. Now, Azros, if um if you're an enchanter and you get one of these items from Arathi Basin, do they disenchant into anything spectacular? Do you know? I I don't I don't know. I'm guessing they would because they're all blues or purples, so there's probably a good chance you can get um, a Nexus Crystal off the purple or a, um, you know, a good shard off of the blues. But I'm guessing since these are so expensive to buy and very good to use as far as PvP gear, the last thing I think you're going to be doing is disenchanting. Unless it looks like a stovepipe with a gourd attached to it, and then the only thing left to do is What is with you and a stovepipe? I'm just... I you don't even want to know. This, like, this is like Kern and the road workers. <laughs> I'm, never, I'm never doing road a segment like this again. I'm just, I'm just hating on the, the flash crime. No, no, I'm do. loving the, the, the staff's got wicked, uh, wicked stats. There's no doubt. I was just wondering what it looks like. Well, that'll do it for the Arathi Basin segment. Love to hear any input you guys have on it, um, any experiences you have on there, and uh, tips, tricks, strategy, etc. Go ahead and post it on the forums and let us know. Thanks.
If you get aggro, it means you're going to lose 50 DKP because you didn't know what the f to do. And watch the f***ing If you get kicked into the whelps, you lose 50 DKP again for not being where the f*** you were supposed to be. Two rows, Shadow Word Pains, Warlock Curses, Rends, everything. I don't see enough dots. More dots now. Come on, more DPS. Hit it like you mean it. At 40%, you will stop dots. Until then, you will throw more dots. Throw more dots. More dots. More dots. Come on, more dots. Okay, stop dots. Lee, run to the center. Ogres, run to the center. Foresight, run to the center. Start, run to the center. Isis, run to the center. Whatever the f you do, do not stand next to other people. Go away from the head, Lee. Go away. Come here, you f***ing Watch the tail. Well... Crush him was fair and serious. Who the f*** was that? Crush him? What the f***? Welps! Left side! Even side! Many welps! Now handle it! That's a f***ing 50 DKP minus! What the f*** was that? If you stand in the right f***ing place, there is no way you are going to f***ing get into the Cuckoo. damn whelps, whatever f***ing fear, tail swipe, whatever the f***. <laughs> it's like one in a f***ing million. It's not even f***ing remotely imaginable. Are you Hey Tavern Casters, this is Mina from the forums. Figured I'd shoot you out a little email after receiving a message from Eloy to go ahead and explain my position on endgame rating. Now I've been doing endgame rating for about a year now. I first started doing Molten Core a little over 11 months ago with my uh, guild. Now I should say that I am in a, a what many people refer to as a family guild or a social guild. We have about 40 or 50 players that uh, about a hundred characters total but we work with three other guilds to form a guild alliance called the months behind alliance on nerzul and we all work together to basically raid end game content in a given week i only raid i would say maybe 15 hours total and that's on a busy week we do four hours on saturday four hours on sunday and maybe four hours or so throughout the following week. Where I want to basically go with this is, is explaining why I think Endgame deserves a fair shake on Taverncast. I do think there is a real division in World of Warcraft about your supposed Endgame Raiders and your casual players. And I would highly recommend that people in their small guilds start getting together guild alliances because it works. We have four guilds. Each one is really separate in their guild culture. And we have a channel that's a shared channel that we all chat in. So it's almost like being in two guilds at the same time. It does exist very well on, on numerous servers. Nurzul being one has at least three high-end guild alliances that are small guilds that band together to run high-end content. 
And I do think high-end content is very important to Blizzard. But I do want to point out that the casual raiders, the 5 and 10 man instances that are available, in addition to, you know, just the three battlegrounds, you have nine other maps that you can go into, and where the endgame raiders, true, we do get better loot, and generally not as good money. Generally it's a real money sink, because you're paying more for repairs, and you're wiping more often but you only have, say, three maps to go into when you're talking about Molten Core, Zolgorob, and Encourage. Sure, five if you want to count the 20-man dungeons. And Anixia really doesn't count because Anixia is a 20-minute run, if that, once you have killed her and you've got her down to a practiced run. I just wanted to give some input from a quote-unquote endgame raider perspective. I hope this is helpful. I'd be interested to hear what you guys have to say about it. Thanks for the good show. Thanks for your guys' work. And I'll be listening. Alright, so we've had a a decent amount of constructive criticism. Telling us that uh, we, we have misrepresented dumped a lot of hate on the end game and especially the high end rating guilds uh, a lot of people felt we've just been we've been hating too much thank you Mina by the way for sending us that audio um, slash we, cheer we, we felt that that was a, a good thing for you to do and we want to talk about that uh, a little bit first of all let's clarify our impressions of the end game we don't hate end game rating guilds no uh, we, we hate just, a certain variety of them we've had Cromley and I specifically I will speak for both of us we have had as usual yeah Bad experiences with the with the end game, with pickup groups, with large raiding guilds, with being involved with large raiding even groups even not in instances, but even in PvP, it, they've just been stuff. the suck. And if maybe that's just Manoroth as a server, I don't know, but could uh, very well be. <laughs> it, yeah, they, they were the suck. And so every time we've made fun of the end game or the quote unquote Uber guilds, it's been because those guys just you know the, it's been a bad bad run of experience there. I don't hate it either. I don't hate it. My problem is people that take it way too seriously yeah, and make it more like... Like a job or something. Yeah, like a job or like it's the only thing that matters and they just make it 100% of their life and expect everybody else to do that. So we thought that we would bring in two uber, uber people to talk uber. about their uber, uber guilds. So today we have with us Starman from the World of Warcast podcast. Hello. Wait, he's uber? He's a noob. No, no, oh, he's not. He's not me. just Uber. He is Tay Uber. Then we have Alachia from the show Wildcast, and Alachia's show is seems to me, anyways, to be almost centered around the high end game. So, welcome both of you. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Thank you for having us. By the way, hey Starman. For those who don't know, uh, what class do you play, and what level are you? I'm level sixty Druid, rest of spec. Alachia, what what do you play? What level are you? I have a level sixty mage. And it's Frost Spec, and then I have a level 60 Druid that's Resto Spec. So, guys, where where are we gone wrong as far as the end game rating question? What are we not saying that should be said? What aren't we covering? Well, you can't talk about, like you said, you can't talk about strategies while people are driving in the car commuting to work. The end game is just so different than everything else. It's, it's a drastic difference. The game changes at 60 completely. I, to be honest with you, one of the the reasons why we haven't talked about it on our show is because 
it's it, there's just so mu- so much micromanagement in a level 60 like molten core black wing lair raid it would just take hours to do it as a podcast alachi i know when you first started your show you you didn't seem anyways to be too hot on the end game and then suddenly you kind of had a turnaround and you were talking about it all the time and you were raiding all the time so what what happened there and why do you like the high end game so much yeah well one of the things that i was going to comment on is that i don't think they're you know you guys haven't said anything wrong. I mean, the, the whole point is that when you hit level 60, the game takes a turn for everybody, and you start to go in diverse directions. Before level 60, you, you all kind of play the game the same way. You know, you go from 1 to 60, you know what you're supposed to be doing. Your goal is simple. You know, you get to the next level at all costs. And, and when you hit level 60, I mean, that's where everybody starts to take their own path, and their own, you know, depending on what they enjoy the most. I mean, some people just go strictly PvP route, some people just want to sit there and chat with their friends and just use their characters as avatars from then on out. Or, you know, they decide, you know, 60's it. That's it for me. I'm going to start leveling another character. And then some people, like, take on the rating. And I have to say, it's not for everybody. It is definitely not for everybody. So if anybody, you know, doesn't enjoy it, that doesn't mean, like, you know, that's it's a bad thing, actually. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it takes a lot of work. And, you know, you have to be the type of person who likes to, you know cut yourself <laughs> to enjoy rating i mean masochism yeah masochism so you so you guys are saying you cut yourself or what? every day that's part of the sacrifice why why are you guys both agreeing on that why why are you saying it's uh, it's it's tough elaborate on that part well i mean alachi is right is that different people have different perspectives on what level 60 is supposed to be it's strange because it hasn't really torn our guild apart but people have sort of faced the fact that we are changing as a group. We are changing as a guild. And there are a couple ways you can do it. You can go into PvP, or you can go raiding, or like you said, you can just sit there on TeamSpeak all day long and just talk to your to your friends, which is great. But my problem is that sometime this summer there's an expansion coming out, and if you're not geared up for that expansion, you're going to be way behind. Why should that, why should that matter, though? Yeah, we don't know what we're going to need, though. Uh, no, we don't, you're absolutely right. We don't know what we're going to need, but I would I would absolutely bet it's going to be worse than Blackwing Lair. You know, level 70 raid instances will be like that, that you'll need. Oh, yeah. Are you right. talking about the instances, or are you talking about the content? The leveling the up. Level up. You know. The leveling up, I'm guessing, is probably just going to be more questing and grinding like normal. Well, yeah, yeah, Brian, you, you're absolutely more. right. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I'll be more specific. Yeah, the instances are going to be difficult. Of course, leveling is not going to be a problem. But the instances are going to be worse because there is no way a bunch of level 60s with T0 equipment is going to be able to take down a level 80 boss. Well, no. Well, yeah. yeah. But I could solo it. <laughs> So that's why I felt that if we want to continue on doing this sort of thing, we're going to have to start putting together you know, some sort of schedule for Molten Core, Blackwing Lair, and everything. And we're just going to have to get ourselves geared up because once July or August or you know, whenever this expansion comes out, we're going to be really behind. And we don't want to be caught going, oh, I guess we should have been doing this for the last six months. I think one of the things that makes it so difficult and challenging at the same time is that you are now dealing with 40 people playing together. And and every guild, you know, raiding guild is is different. I mean, some are more lax than others and some are, you know, do or die hardcore. I think that the it's a challenge of working with 40 people together, making sure that all the class leaders know exactly what they need to do. All the officers sit there and they have, you know, hour-long discussions about strategies, about when we're going to use the Flask of Titans, when we're going to pull out the pots, how much money we're going to spend on each fight. I mean, it becomes more like, um, it's more like a war game in a lot of ways, a kind of a business challenge in a way, <laughs> and it's just a lot of strategy involved, and you have to just 
like the whole larger macro scale of playing, it's also like politics and, and you have to really like to get in there and be able to play people as well as you play the game. And mm-hmm. I find that kind of fun and challenging, especially when you meet different people and their different play styles. Uh, although, you know, you spend four hours, say, on one boss, you know, and you're about to claw your eyes out. I mean, when you finally <laughs> get that perfect strategy down, I mean, everyone is just like winning a championship. You're just like, hell yeah, you know, like, we f***ing rock. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but <laughs> Both of you talk about the... The, the level of strategy and teamwork that has to go on here. Is there a place for a more lackadaisical attitude? Casual. So, yeah, casual. In other words, could you get 40 people together? Let's let's say we're talking about the listener guild, the pod people. The, the pod people is, <laughs> tends to be pretty laid back. It's a do-what-you-want-to-do kind of guild. Now, However, we're starting to get into the end game stuff now. Could you go into Molten Core, and I'm not talking about being effective because I know the answer to that, which is if you really want to be effective, you got to get your stuff together. Is it acceptable at all to screw around and not worry too much about whether you're white? Because the the attitude that we keep bumping up against, or the attitude that we got presented with so much of the time when we were still playing on Manoroth, was you weren't even allowed to enter guilds without a certain amount. Oh of yeah, gear. you didn't have the right set or whatever. And right. no matter what invited. level of the game you were, I mean, it, it was inc- insanely irritating to me to have to enter, say, uh, UBRS or something for the very first time. And not ever having been there and getting screamed at that I'm a noob and an idiot and whatever. Well, I don't, I've never been there. And so, and this is the kind of attitude we keep bumping into. So, is there just no place for people? Is that the learning curve? Is the learning curve so harsh to jump from level 60 with all the, the questing and stuff you do to get there to the end game? It depends on how important progression is to the guild. I mean, if you're not that interested in progressing that fast and that far, I know many, like, social sort of raiding guilds that get in there and, you know, they get to, like, maybe the second boss of MC after two months of raiding, and they're comfortable with that, you know, that they're getting some epic BOEs and, and they're, they're okay with that. But in order to progress that far, you really have to have a certain level of research and coordination involved. And so, yeah, you can absolutely goof off and have a really fun guild uh, it goes in there. They're a group of friends. I know a bunch of people like that in our server. But the problem is, is that you probably just will not see progression like you would normally at, on other guilds. So it is possible. It's just you know, there's a sacrifice you you make for that. In my guild, what we do is we we do everything for the guild, and we're all a bunch of I would I would say older people. We don't bicker. We don't fight. We all enjoy hanging out with each other. And so what we do is we take that attitude of doing things as a group of friends, not as a bunch of people that want Uber loot. See, now I get the same impression that that's the case with, with Alachia's guilt based on what you said in your show, Alachia. Is that right? No, we're, we, the core group, the officers, they're friends. We're all friends with each other. But the rest of the group is, you know, just a bunch of people that we've, um, we pulled from another guild and, you know, been raiding with them. And they are all about progression. It is, there is no socializing in this guild. It's, it's straight up hardcore progression. Uh, it's not fun at all, like, as far as, like, the chatter between the guild mates and everything like that. Hmm. It's just, you have to be, you know, extremely skillful at your, you know, at your class or else you'll probably be, you know, you probably won't make it past trial. Okay, so it is two different cultures then between you guys. It is. See, with us, it's we're just all friends. And, I mean, our guild leader basically says that we're a family, which is true. And just like any other kind of family, we'll bicker and we'll fight. And we might not agree on anything all the time, but we set ourselves a goal and we work towards it and we do it. 
And it can happen. We don't use DKP. We just do um, – we have a very small little um, rolling bonus if you don't get something. Let me, let me, actually, uh, let me actually stop you there for a sec because I know a lot of people who listen are not going to know what DKP is. That's the so one of you guys give me give me DKP and then I want both of you to tell me if you use it and if you do why or if you don't why. DKP is something that started in EverQuest One. Uh, it started because raids in EverQuest What's One were uh, uh, dragon kill points. It it was because raids in EverQuest One were hundred man. So if you can imagine what it's like to deal with a forty man raid in World of Warcraft. Well, double that and add even more for EverQuest 1. So what would happen is they needed a, a, a system in place to say, okay, we're going to fairly distribute loot to 100 people. I mean, how do you deal with 100 people? So how does it work? Everybody starts with a clean slate, zero. If you make it to the raid on time, you get one point. Every guild has their own little variations of it, but it's, it's essentially a progression of were you there, what did you contribute and, and what happens is you build points over time, and then when something drops, rather than doing a roll, you bid your DKP points that you've accumulated on that item. So if you have 25 points accumulated and somebody has 23 and they want it, well, then you can just use 24 points and get the item and you still have one left. But then you bop down and one, mm-hmm. one, one DKP point. Alashia, how about you? Do you guys use it, not use it? What are your thoughts? We do use DKP. It is the only way that we can see that we can we can only assume that that's the fairest way right now to distribute loot accordingly. And we don't we only give DKP. We have a zero sum DKP, which means the only way you get DKP is if DKP is spent. And every item in the instances has a set value for us. So, you know, um, if the Azur Song blade drops, it has a set value and there is no overbidding somebody. If you want it, you do a, you know, you slash bid the item and depending on who has the most DKP at the time, that's the person who gets it. Hmm. And as long as their attendance is above 50%, they get it. And it's just, it's really useful for us because, uh, you know, we're not going to random 100 on it. Really, We really want to reward the people who have been there and who have continue to run with us and help us make progression and that's the only way we see a you know, fair way to do it so you're you're happy with it then right yeah zero sum dkp really helps with people not uh ho- eluding um i mean hoarding their dkp right, now when you say zero sum explain that in depth a little bit so that we understand uh, zero sum basically means that across the board uh the dkp that is gained that is spent is give it distributed back to the group. So say if 40 DKP is spent on, you know, a pair of armor, that 40 DKP is spread throughout the entire, evenly enti- throughout the entire guild as it's spent. So hmm. the only way to gain DKP is, is if it's spent and, you know, you can only spend what you've gained. Right. So Okay. And so you, you like it, all right? You think the system works? Yeah, it works for us. Okay. Hmm. All right. Now, Starman, why don't you like it? We don't like it because... We have a, a group of 40 people. Actually, it's like 45 to 50. If you're there for that raid, you've contributed. Because everybody over time contributes. I mean, I guess maybe we're lucky because we don't have people that just up and leave the guild. We have our, our like core 30 people. And then we have like 10 or 20, like I said, where we sort of interchange. We're like, somebody can't make it that day because they've got something to do. All right, no big deal. We're not going to penalize people for that. We used to have a system where everybody starts uh, doing a roll from 1 to 100. And um, if a set piece drops, let's say a mage piece drops, 
all the mages roll. One person is obviously going to get it. That person will roll back to 1 to 100. But everybody else that didn't get it now gets to roll 6 to 105 on the next mage piece that drops. And then it progresses up. But we've since changed that so that it makes things a little more fair. So now everybody starts at 1 to 70. And then if a piece drops, a mage piece drops, then all the mages roll. One person, again, obviously is going to get it. Um, once a person gets an item, they used to not be able to roll for five more raids. We've since gotten rid of that. Now everybody can roll because we want to gear the guild up. And so now everybody just rolls back to 1 to 70. And then people still, again, get the 6 to 75. And then later they can go um, 11 to 80. And they'll progress up. You know what I'm hearing from all this, though? Where, I mean, bo- look, you, you've both got differences in how you're doing it, but the system sounds remarkably similar to me. Well, we've whittled it down to, like, the bare essentials. We don't micromanage DKP like other people do. So, Alashi, your guild is cool with doing what you're doing, and Starman, your guild is cool with doing what you're doing. So it works just like any other guild in the game, whereas it's whatever's right for the guild. So there is no set way that you have to go about running these raids with these systems, right? Yeah, everything is unique right. per guild, raiding guild. I mean, yeah. every... Every rating guild is going to do what they think is necessary. I mean, one of the reasons why we switched to this is because it helps also with the speed of the of the roll. Uh, we don't want to spend hours trying to decide who what goes to who. We just want right. slash bid highest DKP gets it, move on, and keep going. And does bo- both of your systems do they deal with the whole greed issue well? As far as you know, disagreements within the guild as to who really won that epic or who really needs it, etc. Yeah, we have a raid tool where everybody is listed, and the uh, the members in the guild actually wrote specific software, server, and client to list everybody that's won certain things. People will pass, and people in our guild just want to help the guild so much that they'll actually pass on epics. I've passed on epics because I know that there's another druid in, in the guild that could use it more than I can. Does that happen in yours, though, Alasha? It does to certain classes. Certain classes, I think, are closer than others, and um, a lot. You know, I, I know that the warriors have a system worked out between themselves where you know they're going to let the main tank get the first dibs at epics, and you know they're going to let the just the DPS warriors take the last bit on them, and things like that. I mean, that happens, but you know, otherwise, I think it's it pretty much goes in rotation. We try to. The problem with us is that they won't take the epics. Uh, a lot of them are, are waiting to progress to get their Tier 2, and they don't want to spend their DKP to get their Tier 1s. And so we've tried to develop a system where we reward people who take the Tier 1 items mm-hmm. by reducing the cost of their Tier 2 items if they got their Tier 1 in our ah, field. Okay, all right, so, that makes sense. We'll force you to take right. the Tier 1. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have to? I mean, to more specifically answer your question, I mean, I mean everybody wants their, you know, their gear to be upgraded everybody does i mean there's there's no hiding that fact but what we've done is everybody wants to be in the guild so we don't feel that we have to find some sort of mathematical way to keep people in by like trapping them in with dkp because once you leave a guild you lose your dkp like you know no if you accumulated so many DKP in your guild and you leave, you're not going to go to your other guild, your new guild, and say, well, I had 100 or so in this other guild. They're going to say, well, too bad. You know, you're going to start at zero. That uh, that piece of audio that we played earlier, that, that it, all I could see was is here's the, the raid leader, and the, the, this, the culture in that guild must just be so pathetic. You know, the guy's <laughs> screaming, 50 DKP minus, and you can see the people back there on their computers just quivering like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. No, please don't dock me. Please let me keep my DKP. I'll never get into another guild. 
I mean, it's just it seems just so pathetic to me. But what you guys are saying is that is that is that a rarity that kind of culture, or does that happen a lot? To that extent, I've never actually seen it, but I have seen I've have I have been in guilds where they they just basically tell you this is the way it's going to be. We are the Uber managers of the guild. Sit down, shut up, do your job. There are definitely hardcore guilds where you know if you piss off the guild leader, you're gone. That's it. There is no warning. But at the same time, I mean, that's not a commonplace. I think most of the guilds, you get warnings. I mean, you get told, you know, please do not, you know, stand by the whelp cave. If, you know, you continue to do it, it becomes a problem. Someone will actually sit there and whisper you and talk to you about it. And if you have an attitude problem, then you're gone. I mean, it's it's not really a huge issue. I don't see why anyone needs to power trip and <laughs> go <Yeah>. psychotic <laughs> on people over something like mm-hmm. that. That's a fucking 50 DKP minus! That's what I do as Guildmaster, though. <laughs> <laughs> Azrus, you had said that you were thinking about doing DKP for, for pod people. I'm wondering, you had mentioned that in our, our boards. I'm wondering, so are you starting to see issues as the pod people start to approach some of this higher level content? I, I think there be- becomes, as a guild gets bigger as ours is, where you have people who are casual, which is fine, you know, if that's, if that's what they, they, they want to do or if that's all they can do. And then you have people who are willing and able to dedicate a whole bunch of time to helping out with rating and helping out with gearing people up. And for me, seeing someone run an instance a hundred times to, to help the group out and never get anything from it, and then they run it one time and they see something that they would really like, and someone who's only run it once gets the, the item over them, as a reward, that to me, I, I kind of see that as something of a disparity. Like as Starman says, yeah, you'll be running the instance again, but it's kind of, it's kind of a shot in the gut for that person to say, you know, yeah. you know, that they've been helping out as much as they can. So that's the only reason why I, I, I was thinking of doing it. I don't want to do it with the whole, you know, you're one minute late, you get it stuff for that. I, I was thinking of doing something more like what um, Starman's had, where maybe you, you know, people get certain bonuses for doing certain instances and the more that they do them the more that they can get and not not because of a greed issue but because of you know the more regular people that are rating that are geared up the more it's going to help the guild out help other people get out so it kind of is an encouragement too where if you say to somebody you're able to to help you know the guild out by doing this more you know it's going to pay off for you and if it pays off for you it's going to pay off for everybody else too Part two of this segment will be coming in a future tavern cast. Thanks for listening, noobs. That's what it says. You're supposed to end it your own way. But it says, thanks for listening, noobs. Noobs. <laughs> Thank you for listening to TavernCast 21. <laughs> I got nothing. Please uh, check out our website at www.taverncast.com. Check out the forums. Uh, just click on the uh, forums link in the site there and 
sign up if you don't already have an account. It's a good place to go. We are still taking recipe submissions from the world of Warcraft. If you have a recipe you'd like to send us to have us make on the show, can be drink or food, send it to kerncatare at hotmail.com. We have about a dozen that we're still working through, but if you send us something really good, I might make it sooner. So send us that information. Uh, make sure you include an ingredient list, time for cooking, preparation, all that good stuff. And make sure it's World of Warcraft themed. We'd also like to ask again that you please donate to support the show. Help us keep doing the podcast. Uh, if you like it and you want to hear more, uh, donate. You can do that by going to the website once again and clicking on the support Tavercast button or by going to the store at TavernCastStore.com, buying some of the sweet loot have on the store they have all kinds of good buffs also as always we're looking for stories on our skype line any stories about the game your experiences in it your experiences with it your experience in touching it and loving it and calling the game george cuddling with it spooning with it call our skype line at 734-418-8727 call that number do it now do it do it now do it <laughs> Half-ass beer bot. <laughs> what? What's a beer bot? Oh no, the beer bot's been The beer away. bot is turned off. I, you know, just trying to emulate him. All right, so we're out of here for Tavercast Twenty One. A nice short, short show for you guys to digest after a nice long, long, long show. Show. <laughs> so we'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Cast is recorded live in front of a studio. Taverncast is not in course underage drinking and reminds those of you who are of age to have a stout heart and drink responsibly. Taverncast is a Snapdragon production. God, you know, put the stuff on the list. All it says is you don't want to show prep. FTL. You can sleep on my couch. I'm coming out there because we'll get it done. <laughs> you guys, I want to know about that. That's you guys, like in the outtakes. <laughs> you guys are a crutch. We're going. We're going soul duo. Ew. What? 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 Put your helmet back on. Tin foil adjusted. Can somebody put his harness back on? <laughs> what is what is my harness? Do? The harness that d- attaches you, you to the pole so it doesn't make you run. You can't run oh, okay. around the store. Dude, you we could what? sit here and go. I'm Baby Crumley. Crumley, Crumley, Crumley. Now you're way too soft. It's like it's on off switch. I know. For some reason, my. You stupid! (laughs) You go to the center when I tell you to and take the whelps on, you piece of crap! Watch for the fucking tail swipe, you ass munchers! (laughs) That's a 200 DKB minus! Comes like a (laughs) burst! You're kinda angry today, dude.